For our scripture passage today, we're looking at the book of Joshua, and we're continuing these stories of the founding of the nation of Israel, of how God forged and made his people, and so we can learn how God is continually making us today. But I'm going to be reading this a little bit later, um, but before we begin, let us uh, pause for a moment in prayer. Good and heavenly Father. Lord, the giver of all truth and the giver of all knowledge and the giver of all wisdom. Father, we pray as we approach your holy word that your Holy Spirit would guide us. Lord, that it would fill us and it would anoint us, Lord, and you would grant us knowledge, wisdom, and truth in our inner being. Father, give us open minds and open ears and open hearts that we may hear, that we may read, and that we may understand your good and perfect will for us in our lives. Father, bless this holy reading of your holy word, and may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Let me start here by asking you a little question. What comes to mind when you think of the word hero? When you think of the word hero, I ask you to think about what makes a hero and what a hero is. What comes to your mind? Maybe you're thinking of a person, maybe somebody in your life who has inspired you, who has meant a lot to you. If, if, if you're like me, who was raised on a steady diet of comic books, your idea of hero might involve someone with, say, superpowers, you know, like a Superman or Batman or Incredible Hulk. Maybe when you think of hero, you think of somebody who's done something awesome, who's gone on a great adventure, has, has, has done something epic, you know, who's gone out to fight the bad guys, put his life on the line to help save us. I, I went on a, on a search just to see how people normally defined the word hero, and I came up with some different definitions, but there were two words that showed up again and again. Two words that consistently described a hero. These words were strong and courageous. Strong and courageous. Strength and courage. Those were the words that over and over again described a hero. And, and I thought about it and I said, you know, they're, they're right. You've got to have these two if you're going to be a hero. got to have strength and courage. First of all, you got to have strength, okay? You can't be weak and be a hero. Now, this doesn't mean always physical strength. Some of the greatest heroes out there weren't physically strong, but they were intellectually strong. They were emotionally strong. I think the most important quality for a hero might be to be morally strong. Our heroes are the ones that will stand up and do what is right, even when everyone else is doing wrong. So there's got to be some kind of strength in the hero. But the absolute absolute necessity for a hero is the quality of courage right you can't be a hero and be a coward right? and so when we think of any word that associates with hero courage is the one i think that stands above them all hero has got to be courageous now as i was thinking about these words strong courageous hero an idea came to me that when God makes people, he's making us into heroes. When God is making people, he's making us into heroes. 
or at least someone who's heroic, someone who's hero-like, someone who has these attributes as a hero. And I say that because God has called us to be strong and courageous. Not just asked us, he has required us to be strong and courageous. And a defining characteristic of not just calling ourselves God's people, but living as God's people is being strong and courageous. When God makes a nation, he makes a nation of heroes. When he forges a people, he is forging a people of heroes. Now these aren't my words, these are the words of the Lord. He spoke these first to Joshua. Joshua, later on after Moses, was the leader of the people of Israel. And so I give you these words, spoken by God to Joshua and then to his people Israel. This is what he says in Joshua chapter 1. Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Be strong and courageous. That is a command from God. Now lately it seems that we have been focusing on the, what I'll call the gentler virtues. The gentler, more civilized virtues. And when I say lately, I mean the last hundred years kind of lately. And I mean the church in the last hundred years, we've seen as, as a people and even as a culture have been focusing and really lifting up these gentler virtues, virtues like peace and love and kindness and gentleness and forgiveness. And don't get me wrong, these are very important virtues. We need every single one of those and we need them in great abundance. But we can't focus on those virtues so much that we completely forget the tougher virtues that God has given us strength courage bravery integrity these are the kind of virtues that he calls us as well as the gentle ones now I don't want anyone here to think that this is a one and done that oh yes okay God told Joshua to be strong and courageous but he wants us to be gentle and kind and peace loving they had to do a lot of other stuff this is New Testament life right not Old Testament life well, the command to be strong and courageous is all throughout Scripture, both Old and New Testament. I'll point out a few others to you. Psalm 31, 24, it says, Be strong and let your heart take courage, all you who wait for the Lord. It means everyone who waits for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. And in the New Testament, Paul tells us, Ephesians 6, 10, Finally, be strong in the Lord. And in the strength of his might. And in 1 Corinthians 16, 13, Paul really throws the gauntlet down on us. He says, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men. Be strong. See, God's not just making us into his sheep. He's making us into his lions. 
when God calls us to be his people, he's not just calling us to be gentle and humble, which he is calling us to do. He's also calling us to be heroes. Now, when I say that, I don't mean that God is necessarily calling you to be a Moses or a Joshua or a David or, or even a Peter or a Paul, someone who does something so epic and grand that we write about it and we tell the stories about it for generations after. Not everyone's called to do that, but you are called to be strong and courageous. And I know that you're called to be strong and courageous because God's people are called to be strong and courageous. Now this command, when God said it first to Joshua, came when he was training his people to go to war. That's right, these were his people, his gentle, humble, loving people. He was training up to go to war. In fact, he was getting ready for a conquest. They were going to go conquer the promised land, this land that God had said was going to be theirs and now was occupied by somebody else. And so his people, his Israelites, were not going to just go occupy this land. They were going to drive out and conquer the people that were already in that land. He's going to need people who are strong and courageous. And this had been a long journey for the Israelites. It's not been an easy one, and God had been working on this for quite some time. If you remember, this journey began all the way in Egypt when the Israelites were slaves. And they were slaves, and they were slaves for so long that just mentally and emotionally and spiritually, they had been beaten down, and they had been oppressed for so long, they began to think of themselves as slaves. That they were nothing more than servants. That that's all they were good for. That they were the weakest of the weak and the lowest of the low. So when they cried out to God, God had to do all the delivering. He did all the saving for them and that was on purpose. And he, and he lifted and out of by his hand. He, he saved them and he, was, he took them out to the wilderness. And they were trapped by the Red Sea. And Pharaoh's army came to wipe them out. And God saved them. God saves them, right? He splits the Red Sea. The Israelites walk on dry land. The Egyptians chase after them, and the seas come back on top and wipe them out. They were all saved by God. All Israel had to do was stand and watch. After that, he makes a covenant. I'm going to be your God. You're going to be my people. Just trust me. Trust me, and everything is going to go right with you. Just do what I tell you, and everything will go right. And so God was ready for him at this time. God was ready for Israel to occupy the promised land. They were going to go right from the Red Sea over to the promised land and occupy it. But they weren't ready. They weren't ready for that. They sent spies into the promised land and they saw that it was occupied by big men and big cities and tall walls and strong armies. And they came back and said, we can't do it. We're too weak. We're too low. We're just lowly slaves. We can't conquer a whole land. You see, they still had that slave mentality about them. They still had this slave idea about who they were. And so God had to kill off that slave mentality. So for 40 years, they wandered in the desert until that old slave generation died. And a whole new generation was raised up. And they were raised up not as slaves, but as free men and women. And as the free children of God. Now they were ready 
to be conquerors. So at this point of our story, Moses has died. Moses had died, and now the guy taking over Israel is a man named Joshua. Joshua, they call him the son of Nun. N-U-N, not N-O-N-E. Right, you have Joshua, son of Nun, and you can see a big transformation because Moses was a prophet and he was a teacher. And that's what his job was, to teach and to make covenants and to guide his people and to how they're supposed to be God's people. Now Joshua is not a prophet and he's not a teacher. He's a fighter. Joshua is a general. He's a warrior. So here is a new phase in Israel's development as people. They've been learning from the teacher. Now they're going to come and learn and be led by the general. So Joshua has taken them into the promised land, and they got two big obstacles in front of them. Right, first one's the Jordan River. Because they come upon the Jordan River, and it's too deep and too wide for them to ford. And there's no bridges for them to cross. And it would take miles to go around and find a spot. God said, no, no, we're not going around. We're going through. He said, carry the ark in front of you and go down to the river. And they carry the ark and the river Jordan stops. It's a little mini Red Sea moment, right? God's reminding the people again, I'm your God. I've got this. You can trust me. I can even stop this river. So they stop the river and the Israelites walk on dry land, right? Obstacle one, taken care of. Now they got obstacle two. This one's a little bigger. The city of Jericho. The city of Jericho is important because it's right there in the Jordan Valley and it guards the whole promised land. If they're going to get through there, they've got to go through Jericho first. And God's going to ask them to conquer every land in there, in the promised land, every city, but Jericho is the first one. And they've got this big walled city. They've got guards. They've got air, bow and arrows. They've got men watching after it. So the Israelites send some spies in. They like to spy things out. They send some spies in, and they kind of scoop the city out, and they find out exactly this is a pretty strong city. And they're about to get caught as spies, and they actually hide with a prostitute by the name of Rahab. And she has an apartment built in the city wall. And they go hide in her apartment, and then she lets them out the outside of the wall by a window that faces the outside of the wall and makes the Israelites promise, when you invade the city, please remember me and my family. So here they are, they're ready, they're ready for this fight, they've, they've uh, scouted out Jericho, they've got their spies, and they've got their armies, and this is where we pick up our, our verse today. This is Joshua chapter 6, and I'm reading a few selections out of this, and this is the conquest of Jericho. Now Jericho was shut up inside and outside because of the people of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, see I have given Jericho into your hand with its king and mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all the men of war going around the city once. This you shall do for six days. Seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horn before the ark. On the seventh day, you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. And when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, then all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up, everyone straight before him. Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and the priests took up the ark of the Lord, 
and seven priests bearing seven trumpets of ram's horn before the ark of the Lord walked on, and they blew the trumpets continually. And the armed men were walking before them, and the rear guard was walking after the ark of the Lord while the trumpets blew continually. And on the second day, they marched around the city once and returned into the camp. So they did for six days. On the seventh day, they rose early at the dawn of day and marched around in the city in the same manner seven times. It was only on that day that they marched around the city seven times. And at the seventh time, when the priest had blown the trumpet, Joshua said to the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. And the city and all that is within it shall be devoted to the Lord for destruction. Only Rahab the prostitute and all who are with her in her house shall live, because she hid the messengers whom we sent. So the people shouted, and the trumpets were blown. As soon as the people heard the sound of the trumpet, the people shouted with a great shout. And the wall fell down flat, so that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they captured the city. So six days, they march around the city, just one time. March around the city one time, and they blow trumpets at the end. But on the seventh day, they march around seven times. And after the seventh time, they blow the trumpets, they shout, the walls of Jericho fall down. The men draw their swords, they charge in for a great battle, and the city of Jericho is captured. The question I've always had is, what's the deal with the sixth time? Why all that? I mean, six days, six times marching around the city, then the seventh day doing it seven times marching around the city. Why the, why the production? I mean, why the great show? What, what, was, what was God up to? I mean... Maybe he was giving the people in Jericho a chance to surrender. Maybe he was showing off his might. Maybe he was just showing off against them. I don't know. I mean, you, you can't really say for sure what was in God's mind. But you know what it looks like to me? It looks like to me like they were practicing. There's a, there's a feeling of a little bit of a rehearsal in there. Walking around the city and getting ready. And God is preparing them. He's teaching them. He's, they're practicing. They're rehearsing for the real thing. So you've got to understand what God has done here. He's, he's taken a nation of slaves. And he's making them into a nation of heroes. All these men going in are about to be war heroes. Every single one of them. They're going into conquest. And yes, we've seen like the old generation has died off. The old slave mentality has died off. But that doesn't make them a hero yet. To be heroes, they have to learn. They have to learn how to be strong and courageous. So how you might ask, do you learn how to be strong and courageous? You learn like anything else. You practice. How do you learn piano? You practice. How do you learn to speak French fluently? You practice. How do you learn to break a bad habit and start working in a good new habit? You practice. How do you learn to be strong and courageous? You have to practice that as well. 
That's what we see Israel doing here. They're rehearsing. They're practicing. Being strong and courageous. And, and I bet on that, on that first day, they're walking around Jericho. They're waiting at any minute the army to come out and chase them off. And they're probably, the butterflies in their stomach. They're real timid. They're, there's this huge walled city, and they're just walking around. And I know they're thinking, any minute they're going to come out and take us down. But they don't. Second day they walk around, they're a little bit bolder. Jericho, they still don't come out. Third day, still don't come out. Fourth day, they're not doing anything. And as every day as this goes on, the Israelites are getting bolder and more confident. And I'm thinking by day six, they're probably strutting around the city. They're not doing anything to us, man. We got this place. And by day seven, walking around at seven times, now they're chomping at the bit. Guys, we got this. Let's go. After seven days of this, all that walking around the city, even the most frightened are probably thinking, let's just get it over with. All right, I'm tired of all this buildup. Let's hurry up and get it over with. He was building them up. He was training them. He was showing them how to trust him, how to act strong and courageous. So finally, when the time comes, they're ready for the real thing. Because they've been rehearsing this whole time how to be strong and courageous. So God wants you to be strong and courageous. God wants you to be his people who are strong and courageous. How do we learn that? We practice. We practice being strong and courageous. The first part, of course, is remembering why you can be strong and courageous. Because God has got your back. He is always with you. You do not have to fear ever. He will never forsake you. Build our faith up. Remember why we should believe. And the more you believe, the stronger you can be. The more you believe, the more courageous and the braver you can be. Sometimes we even need a little rehearsal, maybe visualizing in your mind an opportunity where you can be bold for the Lord. Visualizing in your mind how you can be strong and courageous. And then you want to start out being strong in little things, being courageous in the little things. Start to push the boundary of your comfort zone more and more and more as you build your strength and courage. Start saying yes to people when you normally would say no. Not the bad things, of course, but things you should say yes to. People asking you to, to volunteer for something, maybe I don't know, teach a Bible study or serve in a team at church. Start thinking about saying yes to those things instead of always your knee-jerk reaction of saying, no, I don't have the time, I don't think I could. I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. I'm not trying to make you feel guilty, unless it works. But, <laughs> but I don't want you, for your only excuse not to do something, is fear. If your only excuse for not doing something you think maybe you should or be good for you, if your only excuse is not is fear or laziness, if you're like me, then think again. Remember, God wants you to be strong and courageous. And the more we practice at it, the more strength and courage we'll have. Yes, God wants you to be kind and he wants you to be gentle, but he does not want you to be weak yes he wants you to be forgiving yes he wants you to be compassionate but he does not want you to be a coward 
believing and trusting in God. Walking in faith as His people means being people of strength and courage. It's the ultimate show of trust. It's the ultimate show of belief in God that we can walk and be people of strength and courage. But to be that kind of people, you've got to start practicing. You got to start, even if it's something small, even as little. Go ahead, step out in courage, step out in faith. I want to see you flexing those spiritual muscles that you've got, and they're stronger than you know. What I'm saying is, next time I stand up here and say, Who wants to go to Costa Rica? You're all going to raise your hands, right? Next time I say, we need, really need some people to serve on this team, I'm going to have so many people that we don't have a room in this church to fit all our volunteers. Next time we say, we really need you to think about being an elder here in this church, that you're going to give it a really long, hard consideration. I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. I'm not trying to, to use this as a bully pulpit here, I promise. Just don't let fear rule you out. Don't let your fear tell you what to do. Don't let that lazy part of you that says, that eh, sounds good, but eh, I think I'd rather just sit at home. Don't let that part tell you what to do. Be strong and courageous. Next time that voice in the back of your head speaks and says, somebody needs to stand up and say something about this. Don't let fear tell you what to do. Be strong and courageous. Kids, teenagers, next time your friends are all around you doing the absolute wrong thing, don't let fear of being an oddball or being the one that's cast out keep you from speaking up or even walking away if you have to. Be strong and courageous. Next time you think you really need to pray for a person, don't worry about how stupid you might sound or you can say the wrong thing or say something dumb. Be strong and courageous. Next time you feel the Spirit moving in you or the next time that Spirit gives you an opportunity to talk to somebody about Jesus, don't let fear tell you what to do. Be strong and courageous. Friends, we may be the sheep of God, we are the lions of this world. God builds a nation. He builds a nation of heroes. And God builds a church. He builds a people who are strong and courageous. I'm going to leave you with these words that God spoke to Israel just before they went to conquer the promised land. The words that God spoke to Israel right when they went from being slaves to being heroes. Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. And do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. To God be all the glory forever and ever. Amen.